Hey there, it's one of the Kaiju Hollywood bad boys slash daddy snacks slash DJ free pants. That's right, it's Brandon. Hey guys, we got you a new brand slopping episode. Ooh, that sounds bad. But anyways, we're really excited for this one. But just want to give you a reminder, please rate and review us on iTunes. It will help us out so much. None of you are doing it, but I know you're listening. It'd be so great. And then all as always, please, if you get time, also share it with your friends. I feel like we're doing a good job here. We got a great episode for you. And as always, anything you write for any of the reviews on iTunes, we will read on air, no matter how gross it is. And please, make it gross. Anyways, here's a hot positive for you. Thanks, buddies. Render unto Ghidra what is Ghidra's. Ten to one he sees you through a beaker and a tweezers. Read the fine print and be like, what's the big deal? Spun wheels of steel since broke wheel, big wheel. Back when it was greasy as curl, now it's easy dread. Had a rhyme on how they used to tease him about his peasy head. Yes, yes, y'all, to the beat. I'm probably going to start doing some sort of data entry, data analysis job in the Ooh. next couple of weeks, so I'll be able to just sit and listen to all of these oh, I'm sorry. in a row. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm proud of this. I don't get the point of putting Reese's Pieces inside of a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. It's decadence. You know, I mean, they can make the ones that's just had a big cookie and, in it. What is the ultimate decadence but pure stupidity? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's not about like doing things mm-hmm. so like, oh, this is gonna be like interesting texture flavor wise. It's just like, hey look, we have this good thing, we've put it inside another good thing. Doesn't matter if it's gonna not work well. You yeah. happy? I'm such a dumbass. What? I thought I, I like specifically avoided that because I was like, I don't wanna knock it down. <laughs> now that I look at it from this angle, this very clearly You're, not a every every guest we've had. Not every week. More than half of the guests we've had have uh, all thought that was like a real thing. Oh, yeah. Should we explain what it is? <laughs> no, people aren't going to hear this. It's the corpse I keep in my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Podzuki, the only Christian podcast on the internet. Uh, we're here to talk Zilla, we're here to talk God, and we're here to talk Christzilla. <laughs> I'm yeah. one of your co-hosts, Brandon Kirkman. I'm another one of your co-hosts, Luke Evans Flip. I'm... Oh, <clears throat> <laughs> well, <laughs> you got a little emotional there. <laughs> <laughs> I need something to drink. Okay, here, have a little of my diet coke. Thank you. I don't know if we can we legally say diet coke. It's fine. Thank you for your diet diet soft drink beverage. Thank you. Um, I'm your third co-host, Martin Felschman. I'm sorry. I just I shouldn't have eaten that Reese's cup because now my throat's real dry. Yeah. I am the guest, Jonathan Shannon. He's back, baby. That's yeah, my second second. How's it feel to being the second club members? <laughs> a, lot, a lot better this time around. It yeah. turns out it depends a lot on the movie. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Um, yeah, we watched Godzilla and Mothra against Batra. I don't know the full title. I didn't. It's it, this movie sucks. <laughs> it was, it was Godzilla, Godzilla and Mothra versus the world or something against the world for the world something. Yeah. Godzilla yeah. and Mothra Live Aid 1988. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, it's um, we could we could just get right into it, but it's it's going to be a lot of distractions again because this is just the first line of this film is how big is it, and, then, <laughs> and it shows the scientists looking at this whole monitor, an asteroid's coming down, and um, the movie's going to start, I guess. It, it, yeah, it falls in the ocean and it wakes up Godzilla. Yeah. Then it's an Indiana Jones scene and a guy grunting for five minutes. Yeah, very sexual. Yeah, our hero of the movie, I guess. He's he's cool, modern 90s Indiana Jones, you know, because he has a very poorly cut mullet. 
And uh, because he is also a terrible adventurer. Yeah, mm-hmm. Takuya is his name. He's a real piece of shit as the movie progresses. <laughs> and I feel like all of his actions make it where it's like, this is like a pro men's right activist film for everything that's going on. <laughs> it's it's bad. It's he definitely doesn't, especially when you find out later that he's got a daughter mm-hmm. who he never sees and assumingly never sends money or anything to his oh, ex-wife. there's no way that dude's paying alimony. <laughs> yeah, oh, they even bring that up. Because <laughs> yeah. like, like, he pulls out some idol and like it's kind of like in Indiana Jones and the uh, Temple Ark of, of the Doom. Covenant. Yeah. That's the, the opening scene, kind of like that. There's like a golden idol that he's trying to get at. Mm-hmm. But after he gets it, like, you keep expecting a booby trap, and I guess the temple falling down is the booby trap. Yeah, it didn't really happen in time with him, like, doing anything. It just happened. Yeah, okay. he pulled it out, and then it was, like, two minutes. I don't before. care if it's too early for a sidebar, but I want to go back to this original planning for the temple. Or like, okay, here's the thing. We're going to set up a trap in case somebody tries to steal our precious idol. What's it going to be? This whole temple we just killed all these slaves' <laughs> lives for making, we're just going to make it fall apart. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> And be like, oh, really? The whole temple? Yeah, what about just maybe the room? No, the whole temple. <laughs> we're going to give a guy two minutes to breathe heavily into this gold statue yeah. before it falls apart. Well, <laughs> I mean, I guess if we're going to make the temple fall apart, should it be like instantaneous so we can kill them for sure? No, we'll have it enough time so they can get out of well, there. It's <laughs> also a staircase that falls down sequentially. Make sure he's got enough time to get to the top, but just enough time for that. Yeah. It's also in a temple that doesn't look very old. Like It kind of looks like the Alamo. Yeah, I said that was definitely imported cobweb in there. <laughs> I call it the world's most safest game. Yeah. <laughs> I guess helping man? <laughs> Not hunting man, but helping man. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that temple's stupid. I hate the hero. And then we get into the film. <laughs> it's, he, he gets out of the temple and there's a bunch of like uh, Japanese Defense Force soldiers waiting for him. Because he's a poacher. He's yeah. Stealing artifacts from... A temple. Yeah, there's not, like, even a good second to be, like, this character's kind of like a roguish scamp that we like. He just seems like a real piece of yeah, shit. Yeah, he's right not now. going, like, it belongs in a museum. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, it belongs in my pocket, chuchy. Yeah. <laughs> mm. And so, yeah, he's in jail, and then people from the Japanese government come to visit him. Yeah, it was, like, a guy who said he was a representative of the Prime Minister, and then Masako... And I instantly joked, like, Masago's gonna be like, oh, this guy again? I was married him once, and that literally is the next line. Well, when he's what? introducing, he doesn't know that they know each other, and yeah. he mentions that she's single. Yeah. And then she's like, yeah, my ex-husband's a real dick, and it doesn't really tell you offhand. Yeah. It's just like, that's a weird thing to share with yeah. the prisoner. Yeah. They definitely do it with a way to where, like, I picked up that he was supposed to be her ex-husband, but it's also, why does the dude not know that? Yeah. Who's introducing I, them? It, it took me like 20 seconds to pick it up. It wasn't immediately. Yeah, clear. I'm just an idiot because I totally didn't pick it up until like, they very <laughs> clearly pointed it out. And uh, yeah, basically, they they say they need his help to find, I guess, Infant Island and help it, like, the I guess the research team. They, they, they never clearly explain it. It's such a stupid he's, plot gap. Well, he's just a general adventurer. Yeah. He's just... I, you could be one of those in the olden days, I guess. Of the, of the olden times of 1993. Well, yeah, yeah, but it, it's also, like, they already know where Infant Island is, right? Because yeah. haven't, haven't they been mining it? Yeah, it's where all the babies are. Mm-hmm. Do you think Infant Island is where babies come from? Uh, you know what? Most, most plausible Godzilla theory I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> There's just a big old kaiju stork that comes, scoops them all <laughs> up in his mouth, spits them out, and that's how you get a baby in the Godzilla oh. world. That's ooh, let's make that lore. <laughs> that's uh, we'll call up uh, Richie and Hobart right now for please make this and be like, hey guys, we got a hot new one for you. Stork Don, baby. 
So like, that's a good point. They were like excavating it, and he also complained later about people com- like people protesting it. So people were also protesting in Indonesia in Infant Island. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is basically where they set up the Marotomo Company, which is the one that's helping him fund this. And they literally, like, set up right away. There's not even a mystery if they're going to be the bad guys. It's like, yeah, we work with the government so we can take advantage of indigenous people and get their money. Oh, yeah, I, they I literally looked, use the word exploit. I, yeah. I looked it up. Marotomo, oh, like, that literally translates to evil mustache. Does it really? <laughs> Does it really? No. Oh, oh he got Yeah, he got so He's shaping us. For the listeners at home, I, I do want to say for the listeners at home, Martin is wearing a Waluigi hat. That is also not a joke. <laughs> I should have known. And I, I remember before we started, you said, I'm going to win, and then you threw your racket on the ground, too. And it's just like, come on, we've got to be ready for this. Um, so, yeah, they go on a stupid quest to, I guess, basically find reports of a giant egg, and they go over a bridge, the bridge falls off, they have some Indiana Jones hijinks. Oh, they, they're supposed to fall into a river, they fall into a swimming pool. Oh, yeah, the, the effects... Oh, well, they, yeah, they were going across a rope bridge. Yeah. The effects on this film are terrible, but it's, like, a delightful terrible for sure. Yeah, it's really fun. He even pretends to fall on the rope bridge like a total jerk-ass. Well, yeah. they were using special effects techniques that they were using when they made the ones from the 60s and 70s, like mm-hmm. a bunch of rear projection, and, like, miniatures are fine, but... The yeah. rear projection they overused and just looked really bad. Oh yeah, they didn't. Well, they could. They couldn't get the right angles. They couldn't get the right proportions on them. Like everything yeah. just seems yeah. off. Ever Even so by slightly. like the mid seventies, Godzilla's they stopped trying to do that because they're like, wow, this looks terrible. And I wonder if like in the nineties they felt like this confidence, like, oh, we got this now. And they like <laughs> they shot all this scene like, well, we already put the money into it. <laughs> Too bad. Um, I should say for the three adventures we have Masako, Takuya, and then also Ando, who's this businessman. Now you're wondering, how do I know he's the businessman? Because he wears a fucking suit through the whole jungle with them, and they're all like adventuring here. But it's okay, he's been ranger trained. He specifically yeah. mentioned I've been that. training to be a ranger. <laughs> Which, I thought they were gonna, like, I went to Yale Harvard and was on the rowing team, because he <laughs> says that while he's rowing a raft. Yeah. And he doesn't look like he's pretty good at rowing, like he probably was on yeah. the rowing team. Yeah. Or they paid for him to learn how to row yeah I, I honestly i thought he was gonna die early in the movie because they were like hey we can't even afford to get this guy a second costume silly he really had kind of an arc because like he was a stooge for the business but he didn't really like everything he was having to do but he still did it he was yeah. like a real loyal stooge though yeah, yeah. no like, that was his life was this job he, he almost died for evil mustache like he made it feel like it was a kink of his like oh i hate getting yelled at <laughs> feel so naughty <laughs> Uh, but they, they finally, before they find the egg, they find a cave painting. As they specifically say, look, a cave painting. <laughs> Which was really... clearly an engraving. Yeah. yeah. Not a painting. Definitely not a painting. Yeah. Oh, no, they painted it with acid. That's true. Oh, that's, that's smart. I don't care who you say says that. That's smart. <laughs> um, Learn to talk. I never will, and I never will shall. Anyways, they find a stupid etching that's basically... Of Mothra and the new... I guess we thought it was going to be the villain, but the new monster in this movie, Batra fighting. And they basically say, like, hey, this is thousands of years old. And they ask him, like, how do you know? And he's like, because movie. And then <laughs> it keeps going. They find the egg. And then Ando's like, well, we should take it back to Japan because that's where we'll be safest, which no one even questions. I think it's important to point out they did not know it was an egg Oh yeah. First. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. No, he, he takes, did. like, a little knife and scrapes at it, and, like, what is it? And it's, it looks like a giant Easter egg. Well, he ta- does he taste a little bit of it? No, like, no, he, like, he, like, he, smells, he, he, like, smells the dust. He's like, <laughs> yeah. 
Oh man, it's a, smell- giant, it's a Wait, giant brick of cocaine. Doesn't smell like no rock I've ever smelled. That would have been a great scene if he did that and he smells like, Wait, egg dust. <laughs> as, as we've seen in every past uh, Mothra movie, Japanese people love eggs. That's it's, true. It's also, he says they're going to take it back so it'll be safe. Yeah. Even though they know it's Mothra because they found, when they find the egg, they find the... The twins, but they're called the Cosmos of yeah. Earth now. Well, yeah, they're they're like new because this is the reboot. Oh. Yeah, uh, but they so they explain that the egg used to be buried underground, but now that uh, man has destroyed nature, uh, there are landslides happening. So the egg yeah. became uncovered. I like that this film doesn't wait till the end of being like mankind changed your ways. It starts off right with like, yeah, mankind fucking ruined it. Oh yeah, no, they they bring it up like seven times through the movie. We're like. Um, who did this? It was mad. Well, Masako, I think, is definitely the best character, who's the the second, you know, main lead. And she basically says when they see it right away, I even wrote down, once again, men is men are responsible. <laughs> like, man! It's like, get it, girl. Did we have a snap break? We did. <laughs> Gave her some laughter. It's real nice. Um, and then the, the film basically establishes, like, hey, Godzilla's back because of the comet, so now he's coming after the egg for some reason. Uh, they never quite explain. Well, they that. don't even know that until they get somehow get the egg, which is how big would this egg be? It was like the big, at least it's five like, eggs it was big. Like, <laughs> it was like the size, like, of, like the size of a small whale. I, yeah. No, that it, that, that like, like, it looked like it was the size of like a football stadium. It took up like a whole carrier. Yeah, yeah. But somehow they're able to get it onto a giant barge, and they're towing it back to Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's when Godzilla comes and attacks them. Yeah. And it's it's a stupid scene. Uh, it goes on for way too long. But during this, I do like that one of the uh, antagonists, or I guess one of the bad corporation people say, Oh no, they're getting pissed off! Yeah. <laughs> no, it's uh, line. the main guy who says that. Oh yeah, that's right, yeah. when they're fighting. I, I'll put him in that antagonist, uh, the long, because he's such a... Oh yeah. He's no, so he's shitty. He's a bad man. He's a yeah. bad man. Because, I mean, actually, they try to make him a little valiant in the scene because he sees Ando's going to stop them from releasing the egg because they realize they need the egg back and release it from the ship. And Ando's like, no, the company needs it. So they have a fist fight. They yell back. A very clumsy, oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, rolling around on the ground fist but, fight. But that's why it seemed real because it looked like neither of those guys had ever learned how to fight. I, I did like that a lot. I don't yeah. know. He seemed very poorly ranger trained. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like... did not feel canonical. What, what, what was... Uh, I called him Okinawa Jones. Let's think about Okinawa Jones. Yeah, well, he should have known how to fight. Yeah. He's like stealing from... Raiding tombs, yeah, well, like Laura Croft. You know, one well, mummy's jumped out and he's had to fist fight it. Yeah, <laughs> he has to do those backward flip things. Yeah, they can take punches really well, though. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't like. I don't know. There's no blood. There's no blood or anything. There's, there's a little bit of blood. Oh, there, yeah, you're right. Yeah, there was no, a little bit of blood at the very end. I, I will say, Brandon, you said this was him like kind of redeeming himself, wanting to like release the egg. I mean, he did it for purely selfish reasons. He was like, oh, yeah. this egg is holding us back. Oh, yeah, that's true. Godzilla's gonna fucking kill us. Wow, he's just thoroughly shitty this whole film. Yeah. This is why it's good to have at least, like, one clear protagonist yeah. in the film. He just, hey there, change. writers, remember this. He doesn't even change for his daughter. Like, I hope there's, like, a, a sequel to this where he's just, like, a coke addict who's, like, never changed. Yeah. Oh, God. So awful when, like, he gets, like, it's just a little bit ahead, but when he sees his daughter and just... Yeah, runs off. He yeah, runs yeah. away from his kid. Before, before that happens, though, basically during this fight, they say that Batra's woken up from the seas and is oh. coming towards them. So then Batra gets in the mix Why Mothra, the larvae stage, is fighting Godzilla. Yeah, he, the egg hatched yeah, when and then Godzilla attacked. Basically, uh, Luckily. Batra mm-hmm. and Godzilla go under the sea and a fault line opens and they fall into the lava. 
and that's basically it. They all go their own separate ways, um, and they decide to take the Cosmos Twins back still to Japan, and basically, uh, I guess at the hotel when they're discussing all their plans, that's mm. when Ando kind of sneaks off and grabs the twins to steal for the corporation, but that's yeah. also when that scene happens, when they get to the airport, the daughter arrives for the mom, and then literally our hero just runs off. Yep. Oh yeah, there's that, but I want to get back into him stealing the uh, the Cosmos, because it doesn't really make any sense. He's going to use them in advertisements? Like you Every just... fucking film, I don't know why this is the logic pattern they do for all these corporations, is when they discover the two twins, they're not like, this will be a technological or scientific breakthrough to figure this out. It's always like, we're going to make them pop stars, and they're <laughs> going to sing, and they're going to make us money. I, I, I will argue, I think it makes sense in the original films, because the, the two girls in the originals, the Peanuts, I mean, they were an idol duo. Yeah, they were. But, like, for these, it doesn't make any sense, because these, these are obviously... These I, I wouldn't I wouldn't call them that, though. Yeah. They're, they're just two actors who are just, like cast for this just because it was a thing in the old ones yeah they're not they're not a duo they're just they're just two women just hard on their luck yeah, yeah. also uh, at the airport they meet the sister of uh, masako who's miki and then i realized looking up miki's the one psychic from the last two movies yeah oh, cool that so, she just keeps showing she up just keeps no showing reason. up it's good she knows all these colorful main characters from yeah. all of these movies that we can all remember yeah well, she was so she like sure had psychic abilities but that's it, baby. Well, That's I mean, it. They, they were so subtle the way they did it, not, like, clever. Just yeah. She's like, oh, I'm sensing something. Turn like, off the radio. I can't hear them. Yeah, yeah, yeah the radio was talking about the fight. Yeah. That bugged me so much. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, apparently, Miki, I think, was dating or was friends with, I guess, the professor who was just there, too. It was this guy who's basically just there for exposition. For oh, yeah. He, they would uh, be watching something on their big screen, then he would come over, like... Yes, that's Batra. Yeah, <laughs> I know because I am professor, <laughs> Doctor Science. Yeah, you're here again. Oh my goodness! And he also had a bunch of lines like, "Mankind has caused this yet again with their destruction yeah. of the land." It's like we get it. We're the gonna time keep ignoring it, even in 2018. We'll still say climate change isn't real until eventually we're all dead. I know the time yeah. bomb was already there. Yeah. Mankind set it off. Oh yeah, he did say that. That was mankind, pretty good. Mankind didn't set it off. It was these. It was a meteorite. But mankind set the time bomb there. So it was going to happen eventually. <laughs> I remember the line because he's like, "Mankind didn't set it off. These nuts did." These nuts. I was kind of waiting for somehow to be humans that set off the meteorite. Like I was waiting for this crazy logic, and it never came. Okay, as far as far as the scientists know, Godzilla and Batra are dead. Yeah, and the Cosmos are in Japan, being held captive. Yeah, they uh, they realize right away that Ando, the one salary man, had taken them and stolen them for the CEO of the company. They never give him a name. He's just the CEO of. Uh, Marutomo. Yeah. And uh, basically, that's when they have that whole stupid idea of, like, they'll make advertisements and sing for us. Which, okay, whatever. Fuck you, film. He has an uh, evil mustache. There are no is, good they, ideas. They're just evil. They're sentient beings. Yeah. And he's like, I know shitty things happen. Yeah, and I mean, they even have a weird back and forth where, like, they, the government the says, like, oh, we try to offer him enough money to give it back to us, but even we can't afford that. Yeah, like, they're... They can talk. Yeah. <laughs> They speak Japanese. Which, I want to say this is a weird timeline where the laws are slightly different, and I guess Japan made it where anyone can kidnap anyone for you any reason. You can just have slaves. <laughs> yeah, you can just have... This really is just slavery that I guess they're promoting. Yeah. What a dark world. I mean, world you did say he was going to pay them, but... Yeah, I'll pay you handsomely. There is no them, escape. Go get them anything from the toy store. Yeah. That's what we need <laughs> yeah. for size. That was the weird scene, too, is when they said that we'll pay you handsomely. The two twins just looked at each other and smiled, but they didn't say, like, no or yes. <laughs> I, well, I think they understand that capital 
capitalism is crapitalism. Nah, oh, nice. High five, dude. Come here. Yeah, I got him. Take that, <laughs> oligarchy, I guess. Um, anyways, so Ando has to go buy a bunch of doll furniture for them. <laughs> and they basically, they're trying to, I guess, establish more character with the two main characters talking. Um, uh, after, I guess he... They don't explain this part. This is the weird thing I just realized. Mm-hmm. They bang, the, eventually they all break off uh, because Mothra's on its way to get back the twins because they want to get rescued. And somehow the main character finds where the twins are. They never show the scene. Like, I'm positive. Maybe they cut it out for the American release or something. But he, the main character finds where the twins are with the Maratomo Corporation and steals them so he can sell them. And I'm just like, how is he the hero of this film? How? Wait, so that wasn't in this version? We didn't we didn't see that because I don't remember that happening. You know, they never showed it. I don't yeah. know if they cut they it. Or something. Yeah, I, I do. Showed it, but that did happen. I yeah. do remember them being somewhere where, like, how the fuck they get there? The dude, the corporation dude, had them. Yeah. Oh, you know what? They do have one scene where it shows Ando, the salary guy, going to their room where they're keeping him looking around for him, and he can't find him anywhere. Yeah. But I guess it's just implied he snuck in there and stole them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that does make him an asshole. So yeah. maybe that's they still need him to not be there. They'd already filmed it, but. They drop that plot line. Yeah, because our our main protagonist is a thief. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just a bad man. Essentially, it's yeah. His only defining characteristic. <laughs> they even have a scene that we skipped earlier, where basically uh, Masako, the mom, and uh, the second, I guess, protagonist of the film, says like, "Oh, I haven't told your daughter what you do, so because I don't want her to know you're a thief." And we're like, "Oh, he can't be that bad." And we're like, "Oh, he is that bad." <laughs> oh yeah. And uh, I didn't tell her, but you know, she figured it out because it's yeah. very obvious. Yeah. I didn't tell her. She just knows. But with all your stealing, you yeah. piece of shit. Well, with that big shirt you say, big shirt you wear that says "Thief Man." <laughs> Man, that would have been great. Just that, and wearing like one of those burglar masks from the 1920s. Uh, he should have. He was a bad man. I found the do- I found the I found the bag with the dollar sign on it in your car. <laughs> Two of them. You could hold both hands and then say "Money, money, money, money." <laughs> Oh, that would have been so a better film. So, Mothra arrives in Tokyo. <laughs> yeah, Mothra comes because the two twins are singing why the guy stole them. Yeah. After having a meeting with the guy who looked kind of like... What did he look like? Some some white, some white generic white actor they got to be like, oh, oh we'll buy no, him. no, he, he, he kind of looked like Elton John. Yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, they met on Saturday night and they said, you know what? Tonight is alright for fighting. <laughs> and then Mothra showed up because the twins are psychically singing to Mothra to come to them. At this point, the, all the other heroes are trying to find the shitty protagonist, and that's when Miki's like, oh, I can sense the twins. So they find the hotel where they're hiding out, but Mothra's on its route, destroying everything in its path. And then that's when we have the daughter and the mom meet up with the hero, and being like, hey, you suck, and the daughter's like, you do suck, you're terrible. And then finally, the dad's like, okay, I guess we'll give the twins back. And then all the characters act like he's a heroic guy now for some reason. Like, yeah. after he stole them and probably killed thousands of lives in Tokyo from Mothra doing that destruction to get there. And they're like, oh, you gave him back. What a good partner. Maybe we can get back together one day. Mm. I, I hate that dude. I don't know. It's terrible. I mean, I, I, we, we brought it up earlier. Like, mm. the, the mother doesn't tell the daughter, like, what he's doing. Like, he, yeah. She thinks that he fights crime, and he doesn't fight crime. He is crime. Yeah. Well, it's also basically that point when the humans are pretty much gone from the movie. Yeah, it's for the rest of it. It's such a long fight, and for all the complaining, the fighting is way worse than the dialogue. <laughs> yeah, God, Godzilla and Batra have come back. Yeah, uh, first just Godzilla, and he's coming to Tokyo. So yeah, 
Mothra has to well, when Mothra become is, Mothra. When Mothra gets the twins back, Mothra decides to go back home, of course, but all of the tanks and firepower are going against Mothra because they're like, get out of the city. And I guess it does enough damage where it has to like go into a cocoon on the Capitol building in Japan. And uh, that scene was excruciating long. It basically was like Mothra shoots up Silk into the air to kind of cocoon itself, and you think they'll cut away, but they cut back to that scene like three more times. Yeah, before you finally start seeing it accumulate yeah. into a cocoon. <laughs> it would have literally been like having a real-life caterpillar. You have to watch it cocoon itself in real time. Yeah. It was like, how, how long was this movie? Five hours? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like it was slightly longer than these movies typically are, like closer to two hours. <laughs> like we'd look at a calendar and afterwards and it'd be like 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think for these scenes where uh, Mothra was cocoon, cocooning itself and emerging from the cocoon, they were kind of like very slowly, artfully done. I think yeah. if they were cut separately as their own like five-minute film, it'd be like, oh, this is very nice. You get some nice narration over it, like it's a nature documentary. Well, it had some pretty music, but like I didn't say this, but I kept thinking like you could probably put like Christmas music. <laughs> There's one shot where you saw all the humans; they were all like looking up in awe. Also, with the sound, the soft scenery, and like the music, it was borderline almost an AMSR film. Or, yeah. uh, I'd say recording of just like. And now I'm cocooning myself. You like that? <laughs> like, it got real sexual. Oh, yeah. Anyways, that, that goes on forever. Uh, Batra and Godzilla eventually, I guess, meet up again to fight a little bit. Did they yeah. ever... When did they show Batra turn into big old Batra? It just comes out of the ocean and then just it's, magically turns. Yeah, it just yeah. instantly turns. Yeah. It was just way cooler than uh, yeah, fucking Mothra. Well, yeah, Batra looked fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah we yeah. thought Batra was going to be a villain because it looks like really, it looks well, like a demonic monster. It wrecks yeah. shit like crazy when it first yeah. shows up. Oh, yeah. we should say this. Okay, listen, this bad boy, it's got an antenna that shoots out lightning, but also has laser eyes, too. So it's pretty well armed. Yeah, I feel like that was a new power that Mothra had as well. Being yeah. able to shoot beams. Well, no, uh, Mothra had always been able to do that, mm. right? Like, out of its antennae? I think so, maybe. I, I just remember, like, the, I feel like the older movies, they always just used dust. dust it it also had bouncy yeah. lightning, too, randomly. Hey, lightning. hey loyal yeah. Podzu Keeper listeners, email us at, uh, I don't know, what's our email again? You're, I don't know. You're supposed to be in charge of all that. I haven't checked it in, like, <laughs> five months, six months. There's nothing in there. Oh, well, you're supposed to read things out of it. Podzuki Podcast at gmail.com? I think that's it. Here, I'm going to look it up real quick. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Well, while this is happening, um, I think that it's important to um, bring back Ma uh, Mothra's introduction. When Mothra's running into the um, into Tokyo, they're like, we need to see if Mothra's aggressive. Let's just shoot all our shit at it. Yeah. Well, they have a line of dialogue like, the barricade's not stopping Mothra, but... Like, they're shooting it while it's in the ocean, so what kind of barricade could they have made? The water. I guess just a line of ships, <laughs> like a blockade? Yeah. yeah but you don't see that, yeah. so. Exactly. That's why it was such a failure. <laughs> <laughs> We've tried nothing, and it's not working. <laughs> this is going to be wild if I go into the email and I find out that we have, like, a ton. Like, we're all such huge fans. <laughs> what? Is that one from Pete Holmes? I love it! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, guys, I remember the password. That's good. Oh, you did? Wow. Yeah. I got, like, right. I, I still have Hotmail because I start Gmail and I forget my passwords and I can't <laughs> get into it. Okay, guys, so let's see real quick. Uh, your new Apple iPod doesn't have the latest update. <laughs> oh, my God. And security alert, Podzuki's been signed on by a mysterious device today at 420. Whoa. Actually, that's when I signed on. <laughs> so, oh, okay. 
Um, so yeah, email us at Podzuki Podcast. <laughs> so it's 420 right now? Yeah. Please email us at Podzuki Podcast at gmail.com. Anything. I don't care what it is. Just make it feel like I, I had reason to put this together six months ago. Tell us your favorite 420 story. Yeah, oh, that actually, that dude, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, anyways, there's a whole big fight going on that takes forever at this point. And yeah, there's a lot of like... You'll see them, like, kind of approaching each other, but they're just, like, staring each other down, not actually fighting yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, the worst Dragon Ball Z fight. Yeah. Yeah. There's not really point. much grappling, I guess, because, like, both Mothra and Batra fly, and so you've got Godzilla, so it's a lot of lasers. Yeah. But... It feels like they didn't really work out how fights would work in this movie. They yeah. were just like, hey, we have these characters, let's do this. They didn't think about how they would interact with each other. Yeah, not very good fight choreography. No. And the first fight's all underwater, and it's... You can't even see what's happening. No. It's very much like when you watch Batman Begins of like that that whole train fight. I always think about like what's going on. I can't see a, a single thing. Luke also brought this up earlier. Uh, it's it's so funny to think about Godzilla treading water. Because yeah, he was straight up like just walking. But then he fights later in the water. It's like, hey, this water is like twenty times deeper than it just was. How are you walking? Yeah. Well, I think about that in these movies all the time. Like it's the middle of the ocean, and he's standing up. <laughs> Godzilla's no, fucking like, strong as hell. Bottom of the ocean is only thirty feet. Yeah. <laughs> I guess this brings me to the biggest fallacy, maybe in all the Godzilla films that happens, which is okay. So Godzilla emerges from lava during this film. He can walk underwater at pressure that would crush anything. And basically, the strategy that Mothra and Betra have is we're going to take a giant Ferris wheel and drop it on it. And Godzilla's like, my only weakness, Ferris wheels! Because, like, he gets stuck on the ground with it, and then they're just shooting lasers at him, and he, like, can't get up from the Ferris wheel. Well, oh, yeah, Batra's good now. Batra does such oh, yeah. a quick turn, and, like, I thought, like, they had a scene where, like, Mothra gets, like, real close to Batra, and, like, yeah, they, 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 yeah. they, like I guess communicate. I guess they're communicating. I thought they were going to, like, she was going to, like, absorb Batra. Mm. Like, oh, make, like, a super Mothra? That would have been awesome. Well, like, yeah, I thought, it was, like, I thought they were, like, he was, like, doing the killing blow, like, yeah, you yeah. can take him down, but he's not going to die until I say this incantation but, that'll I put mean, him away forever. Basically, this film does as much justice as I did of explaining it, but like, yeah, Betra's good now, and then they're fighting. <laughs> and it's it's such a stupid fight. The thing that bothers me the most with these films when it's like Mothra versus Godzilla is they always like fly close enough for Godzilla to grab them and then bite the shit out of them. Like, why wouldn't yeah. you just like be flying like a mile above and shooting lasers down? It's It, it makes no sense to me on that. Yeah. You listening, Japan? Fix it. <laughs> well, yeah, that's like the end. They got they knocked Godzilla down with their string and their lightning. Yeah. So they have to pick him up and carry him out to the ocean. So Batra gets in close, right next to Godzilla's mouth, and he immediately chomps down on their neck. It does and have a lot of mustard cool, comes out. Yeah, like yeah. a lot of cool gory yellow blood comes out. Uh, yeah. That's Deli Fresh, baby. Um, it's like that. Uh, it's like that whitest kids you know sketch. Uh, you've been yellow mustarded. <laughs> oh man, we should talk about some of our favorite whitest kids you know sketches, like the brain tumor one. <laughs> yeah, and then Mothra grabs the tail. Yeah, and they take forever to actually get flight because it's just kind of like, come on. Come on, everybody yeah. who's watching in the command center, just come on, Mothra, you can do it. And then the Mothra and Batra are talking, and one of them goes, the other one goes, they're communicating. Yeah. <laughs> but I do like, I think the professor's like, what do you think they're saying? I'm like, good question. What are they? They're having some hot goofs over there right now. Um, but uh, I guess the journey and the bites kill Batra, so Batra falls into the sea. Um, as Mothra drops Batra into the sea. Oh, no, it's no, no, a no, no, really no. cold fucking move. And fucking Godzilla wakes back up and shoots Batra like right in the face with oh, atomic right. breath. Yeah. 
And, and you know it was already dead because the lights in the eye went out. I, yeah. I, I did want Thatcher to just look back at uh, Mothra and be like, next time you're flying up front. <laughs> and there'd be a sitcom audience laugh and everything. <laughs> and then Thatcher dies. And well, then, the best part is, though, Mothra drops Batra into the ocean. He thinks it's oh, going to yeah. be like a, a nice, peaceful uh, burial. Oh, as soon as Batra hits the ocean, it is a huge explosion. <laughs> Batra and Godzilla hitting the water. It's like an atomic bomb went off in the middle yeah. of the ocean. And Which means Moth- they're going to make another Godzilla. <laughs> then Mothra makes a halo of dust. And, and it makes, like, an incantation that, like, seals them away, I guess? Yeah, it's like Christianity fixes the problem, because it's, like, yeah. huge cross yeah. to the halo. Christ will keep that at bay. <laughs> well, you know, they did say uh, that Mothra cave, thousands of years old. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think Mothra was the original one on the cross. And it's true. Man, that's got to be a big it old cross. <laughs> I think, I, you think people were trying to take away monsters' like, actual saving ability, and they were like, listen, we need to whitewash Mothra. Okay, listen. Pin to a cross instead of nail, like a <laughs> They did say Jesus' color of the skin was like the sands of the desert. And what's the sands of the desert look like? Mothra. <laughs> I've seen that the tie-dye sand you can get. Oh, yeah. No, put in a bottle. Saying, like, just like Mothra's wings. Yeah. I just don't really understand what it did. Like, we know Godzilla comes back. And he's gonna come back. Listen, I know we we have a few people listening to this, which is nice. And if any of you are artists, <laughs> and if any of you are artists, please draw up Mothra on the cross, <laughs> dying for our sins. I don't know if I want to see that. Uh, I want to see hundreds of them. <laughs> but yeah, so um, movie over. <laughs> well, yeah, then we get a coda at the end where all the people are talking to. Oh, the that's Cavanos. right. I can't forget this Buckwild part of where they're like saying. They, the Mothra lands back at the like the air station where they left all the characters, yeah. and then the twins are like, "Oh, Mothra just told us there's a giant meteorite coming in 1999 to destroy you all." Yeah, Batra was going to destroy it, but he's dead now. <laughs> yeah, you guys <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. I forgot the funniest line in the film is the professor says, "Well, is there anything you guys could do?" <laughs> yeah, Mothra's gonna go out into space and stop the meteor. No, well, they didn't but... say that. So he's gonna try to steer it away. Yeah. 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 Well, we all know meteorites, their biggest uh, attraction is to Mothra, yeah. so, so they're going to be like seeing that Mothra flying in space, like, hubba hubba. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> so if it's after 1999 and you're still alive, thank Mothra. Our Christ and Savior. <laughs> oh, and the cosmos can fly the whole time. They just decide oh, yeah, they to fly until the very end of fucking day. They fly off and then go into the bottom left antennae, and that really set discomfortably with me, or uncomfortably, I should say. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of weird. You, they couldn't each go into their own antennae, or else they're like they're just separated. They want to be together. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know like, why didn't they? Why go, like, the little bottom the left antennae? <laughs> it bothers me so much. I I will say the thing that could have saved this movie for me and could have made it like the best viewing experience is if the twins were leaving when they just started flying away. They're like, we like being carried, and then they just fly away. <laughs> well, it's our in thing. these movies, they always have like a little portable cage to put them in yeah they do and it's always like ornate enough and it always gives yeah. them like enough space and it's always the exact same size as like a miniature sound stage yeah, it works <laughs> also did the <coughs> couple actually get back together does it even elaborate on that no. yeah they say that in like they have a little joking dialogue they're both holding hands with their kid so i think it's fair to assume he's gonna steal that kid <laughs> i can sell it for millions of yen. <laughs> Oh, man, he would. He's a piece of shit. I need to sell you, honey, so I can get money to support you. <laughs> it just makes sense, okay? I need to pay that out. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, that's Mothra. <laughs> well, no, that's Godzilla, Mothra and, Godzilla and Mothra versus, versus Planet Earth. There we go. Yeah, that oh. works. Oh, man. A movie thoroughly bad that I don't want to look up its name properly. <laughs> yeah. 
But hey, we're getting through him. Yeah, kind of surprised look, that look at Godzilla title. didn't become a good guy at all. Like he was the yeah. main villain throughout it. The last few uh, Godzilla films, I mean, I guess in the the Ghidorah one we watched, he was slightly a good guy. I, I think in, in kind this, of no in this Godzilla film, Godzilla is only trying to kill the people who are constantly like, "Wow, I can't believe people are destroying the planet." Mm-hmm. And then the last film, we got a fucking Terminator ripoff that was hugely fun, and we got shit in this one. We got Bad Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Give me back Cyberman! Like, come on. It's uh, oh well. Yeah, go back and watch the other Godzilla film before that. We should just get to our review rating system. Yeah. So I, I don't know if you listen to the recent ones. We've changed our from the non Podzuki Podzuki. Oh, okay. Um, so, are you familiar with Mortal Kombat? I, I am. This is what makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Do you do you remember Goro and how he has four arms? I do remember that. Well, we decided we ain't no Siskel and Eberts. We're Goros here. We're Goro heads all the way through and through. So, you got four thumbs to work around with. They're hands that can okay. do anything. And I'd say, I'll go first. I'm going to say Goro's giving, like, one thumb up, because there's definitely a lot of bad parts. The other thumb's, like, halfway and the other two hands are just, like, giving you the old, big old middle finger. Like, it's just, like, you kind of want to like it. There's some fun parts, but overall, it was it was good-bad, but more bad than good. Yeah. Uh, I'll give it, he was giving three thumbs up, and then the other hand's just, meh. <laughs> it's a little more kind. Yeah, I don't know. I, I liked the movie pretty okay. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't completely focused the entire time, but you don't have to be. And I don't know, I kind of liked... They what they could have done with a movie, I guess, with the main character and stuff, like giving him more of an arc, because it seems like he has an arc, but you don't really see that. No. I don't know. It was a fine movie. I I disagree. <laughs> uh, I I'm gonna give it like one thumb kind of on it on its side because I'm I'm not gonna say it's like the worst thing we've ever seen here. I'm not even gonna say it's super bad. But it's just boring and inconsistent. There's no one who I wanted to follow who I liked. It was just, it was fun to watch because I watched it with my homies. Well, wait a second. I have <laughs> one thumb sideways. Other three hands are stealing ancient artifacts. <laughs> nice. Actually, you know what? Only one of them stealing an ancient artifact. One of the hands is ignoring a daughter. And then the <laughs> other one is flipping off his ex-wife. Yeah. He's like, take that. But yeah, I mean, that's why we were saying earlier, like, this film feels like it's a min rights activist, like, a love letter, because it's like, well, literally... Giving, giving him a daughter yeah. makes him so much more despicable. If he right. didn't have the daughter, it'd be like, oh, he was not ready to settle down, like, sure, he's aloof and a jerk, but he's not abandoning his child. And then Jonathan pointed out, like, when he makes one iota of being like, okay, I guess I'll not steal and be a piece of shit. Everybody's like, oh, look at this brave, great man. Yeah. That goes to my rating, which was, um, two, two thumbs up, um, one thumb, or one hand jacking you off, because it, it fulfills every white male fantasy that I have. <laughs> and, um, getting hand up, <laughs> And, uh, one thumb way down. Off, because that thumb was the fight so, scene. Oh, so, oh my god. <laughs> I, the clumsy fight scenes were pretty entertaining, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's 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 not good. But if you watch it with your friends, it'll be a fun time. If you're watching it alone, you're like a serial killer. Like, <laughs> you got problems. You got real big issues. Speaking of serial killers, oh, should we get to stupid games already? I think so. Stupid games. Okay. Well, here's the thing. I remember to do the Facebook thing of posting. Hey guys, post things about our our special guest Jonathan Shannon today. Right before this movie. So I only had, a, I'd say, a good hour or so. But I got one response that made me very happy. Which was, Ooh. basically, last night I watched the movie Manhunter. As recommended two episodes by Hobart uh, for one of our recommendations. Excellent film. I think it actually might be one of the best, like, 
Hannibal movies or in the series for it. Uh, it's from the 80s, really well shot, a lot of good pieces. But uh, we had Jamie comment on this after I said, write something about Jonathan Shannon, of uh, what kind of super serial killer he'd be that would cause an FBI agent to have to consult Hannibal Lecter to find his whereabouts. And then Jamie Carbone just put the anime murderer. <laughs> <laughs> and then I want to extrapolate on that. How would how would you murder it with anime though? Well, I figured I figured you would just pose all the bodies in like super kawaii positions, or maybe uh, I don't know reference shots. I would I would just do the like uh, have you seen Clockwork Orange? Yeah, the Ludovico technique. Just make them watch anime till they die. <laughs> Which would be probably pretty quickly, honestly. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Normal mortals can't stand the amount of anime we've come to handle. Just put on an hour of, like, I don't know, we'll say fucking Boku no Hero Academia, and that's it. They're gone, man. If they're not ready for it, they're gone. They could also, like, kill people who like anime. Yeah. Well, would you want more people to like anime, or would you want to kill people who like anime? I mean, you're, maybe the killer doesn't like anime, so yeah. he kills people who are fans of it, or he does like anime, and he's just... Those are the people he's around. Well, if there's two types of people that hate anime fans. It's people who hate anime fans and anime fans. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon, you know anime is illegal. That's true. Well, we solved that mystery. Welcome to our famous podcast serial, <laughs> season four. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, that was a fun one. I forgot the jingle for the Facebook game, but I'll play it before it. Uh, it's. it's out there. <laughs> Oh shit, we didn't even do a Mothra Paul's Drag Race, too, I just nope. realized. But hey, we can do it right now. Mothra Paul's Drag Race. Guys, special bridge section. Mothra Paul's Drag Race coming in the game section. Unprecedented, but we'll do it. Uh, all the fashion sucked. Yeah, it was pretty unremarkable. Yeah. That's like, why. It was it was funny that that one guy wore a suit while the other two were like, hey, this guy is knockoff Indiana Jones. Well, she was... a jungle lady. Uh, yeah, she was wearing, like, expensive, like, something that, like, Burberry would sell you yeah, if like, you're going uh, into the jungle. Fancy businesswoman. Fancy apparel. safari gear. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, I mean, I feel like this is kind of a weird thing to note, but I feel like all the Godzilla films have always had some fun fashion in them. That's why we started doing the yeah. segment. This one was just so bland. It was. There was there was one point when they landed on the airplane coming back from wherever they took a boat from, from in, Infant Island. Um, for half a second, you can see a girl in, like, a tie-dyed hoodie, and it yeah. was the most colorful piece of clothing in the movie. The director sounds like, get her out of here! <laughs> How dare there's any character in any background doing anything that would be fun or entertaining. Uh, but let's get to our biggest and most important game, which is licking the nine volt battery. Okay. In honor of returning mm-hmm. guest Jonathan Shannon. Um, uh, what's his face had the bouncy lightning, right? Yeah, Badger yeah. had the bouncy lightning. Yeah, so. that's why we lick batteries. Yeah, here's to you, buddy. Licking that nine volt. Let's see how it feels today. Oh, Ooh. it's nice. Mm-hmm. That's some charge. Yeah, this is this is a strong one. Mm, this is vintage 2016, is it not? Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hints of oak. Say about. Three hours left. <laughs> good year. Yeah, really good year. You know, this. Uh, I, I could feel this one to a smoke alarm that saved a lot of lives. <laughs> <laughs> it's aged very well. Well, that's our favorite segment. It still makes no sense, but we'll keep doing. It just feels right. Uh, and hey, then... kids, if you have a 9-volt battery and a thing of steel wool, it'll cause it to burst into flames. Wait, is that true? Yeah, you just... Tap it in some steel wool and it catches a flame. Fuck, that's awesome. You got some steel wool? I do, but I have it for dishes. I don't want my wife to yell at me. 
<laughs> Where the seal will go, I burned it for a podcast. <laughs> oh, that's when I'll be instantly divorced. I'm not sure if SOS pads work because of the soap in them. Mm. Or it makes it explode. <laughs> yeah, could make it explode even more. Alright, scratch Even exploding. We're, we're no longer the Serial <laughs> Podcast Season 4. We're the Anarchist Cookbook Now podcast <laughs> form. Non-dairy creamer, totally flammable. Um, this might be a game just for today because Martin has, has a tradition of giving all of the hosts and us gifts he gets from thrift stores and other places, which is really nice. Such a sweetie pie. Too nice, guys. Shout out to Martin. Oh. He gave me a book called Doggy Days Love Guide for West Highland Terriers, or West Days as we know. Um, and I thought it was just a guide for the dog, but I opened up, and there's some real wild things in this, this is a buck wild guide here. Um, I mean, one of the best parts was they just have a picture of its butt, and it's like, sometimes it passes gas, get used to it. (laughs) Uh, like, everything. Everybody knows, (laughs) everybody knows that about dogs. Um, one of my other favorite passages while I was reading through it was, signs that I'm sick and should see the veterinarian, and it's, I have diarrhea or vomiting for, that persists for more than 24 or 48 hours. That is insane. If somebody had a dog and they hit the 24-hour mark and you're like, I don't know still. I think, I think dogs are supposed to have this much diarrhea. And you should. But to be fair, though, as a human, I've done that for 24 hours. It's like, there's no way I'm going to the doctor. I will get better. I can't tell if this is sickness or Taco Bell. You're supposed to care more about your dog than you are yourself. No, I, I, I'm more true. concerned when I don't have diarrhea. Yeah, but what is, for hours. But what is the butthole but the dog of the human body? Think about it. <laughs> Well, that's gross. Um, <laughs> this was the one that I, I wanted to read this on, on here today because this is, I don't know how to feel about this still. It says on one of the pages, don't lose your love, puppy. Which, okay, that's already weird phrasing. And it says, tattoo an ID number of your name and phone number on the dog's inner thigh. W- what is going on, book? <laughs> Definitely written by anti-vaxxers, right? <laughs> <laughs> Because here's the thing, I thought this might be written before microchips became a thing, you know, where you can implement them in dogs, but the advice right under this is have a microchip implanted in your dog. <laughs> Why would you tattoo your dog and then put a microchip in? I mean, tattoo's cheaper. Yeah, that's probably. true. I am thinking, like, where are you going to find a tattoo artist to tattoo a dog? It's like getting a tattoo artist to tattoo a baby. And also, if It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> this guy sounds cool as hell, though. Yeah. If you find a dog, who's going to check the inner leg first? Well... I always check the legs <laughs> of the dog to see who's abusing their dog. I mean, how often do you see a dog with a tattoo? So, I think it'd be noticeable. A dog with a tramp stamp. And then, uh, I like the back part of this book was, it just has a section that says memories. You can write all your memories in of tattooing your dog. <laughs> well, after I did the idea, I got a really cool tattoo of a fish fighting a dragon. How, how, how... Many pages are in the memories, like is like a good section of the book. One, just two, empty. three, four, four pages for memories. <laughs> um, also, I can smell cigarette smoke, which means my Vietnamese grandfather's outside smoking right now. Props to you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> yes. I tried to look up dog tattooists in my area, but I can't. Yeah. I'm so, having difficulty So many new stuff. good games I'm adding this episode. <laughs> Uh, I, th- I think we're speeding along up pretty quickly, but we might as well get over to that recommendation section, I feel like. I, I feel like there was some other, other game that we had. Oh, played. shit, we didn't do any uh, What's the Deal with These Kaijus. Oh. Oh, the deal with these Kaijus. What's the deal with these Kaijus? What's the deal with these Kaijus? What's the deal with these Kaijus? Another great jingle. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, 
I didn't have one prepared. <laughs> well. I'm being very unprofessional, though. So, and you know what? It feels great. Uh, the Magic School Bus. Oh, shit. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, like that. we the do... bus itself. Shit, that's a good pull. Because here's the thing. It's sentient. So we yeah. have that. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely, I, I want to say a living being, too, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. It seems to have emotions. It's got eyes. It's got eyes. Yeah. It's got a big old honker. <laughs> you don't know. We've never seen it under that part of that school bus. I've heard mm-hmm. honk. Yeah. Definitely more like a Mothra style because like I guess Miss Frizzle would be the harbinger of yeah. the school bus. It's like it's like it's like Neko Bus. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's Neko Bus. Is that uh, a cat bus? Well? <laughs> let's let's just let's just do both of them. I'm gonna say both uh yes. Okay. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing, at least for uh, the magic school bus, it can change sizes. I'm sure it's been like fucking big enough to destroy the city. Yeah. Uh, I feel like uh, the cat bus, that's a definite kaiju, because it's got all the makings of it. It's big enough and all that. I think the magic school bus, I'm going to say, yeah, you know what? It also falls in the kaiju realm. It feels good. I did not know the rules to this game. Okay, so, <laughs> I just sat patiently and let it go. bring up a random creature <laughs> object and discuss if it's a kaiju or not, and we have several segre- uh, uh, categories can go into. So it could either be a kaiju, it could mm-hmm. be not a kaiju, it could be an anti-kaiju, <laughs> It could be a Jew. Oh, okay. Here, here's the full list. Here, read, read off a couple of these first. They're all separated. Oh, okay. So first in the Kaiju, uh, read off a couple of those. All right. The Three Stooges film series. Um, Clifford the Big Red Dog. The concept of, take my wife, please. <laughs> Jokes. <laughs> Luke. Okay, now go ahead and read from the not Kaiju list. Not Kaijus. Um, the Beverly Hillbillies. The Monkeys. Shrek. My ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that, and, ooh, that oh, piece of work. Go ahead to the next list. Okay. Um, Schindler's List. Uh, oh. Jew. Um, Jesus. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum. Mm-hmm. Um, Zords. Yeah. Aaron Klopper. That, yep. that oh, checks out. Those yeah. are all of them. Yeah. Okay, go to the it's next a, list. It's a legit system. M- maybe Jew? Yeah. Oh, that's not spelled... Okay, I see now. Um, Goliath. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go to the next one. I don't care. Swamp thing. <laughs> okay, go to the next one. Whatever. The stupid game section. Yeah, that's true. And anti-kaiju are Grand Canyon and Puppet Masters. <laughs> <laughs> go, go to the next one. Pretty cool dudes. McCready. Windows. Nalls? Nalls. These are all characters from the thing. Chess Wizard and Dr. Blair. And not cool dudes. Gary. No, fucking Gary. Gary. What what Gary is this? Well, it's from the thing, but we could also say Gary from uh, Pokemon. Not Gary, Gary motherfucking Oak. Oak. Yeah, he's a badass. Yeah, that's true. He's a cool dude. You know, looking back, he's a little bitch. I'm glad we was a little. He was. Maybe it's a difference between the game and the the show. But no, when you're a kid, you see Ash and he's the hero, so you see Gary and you're like, look at this bad guy. I hate him. And then you go back and you're like, Ash is a lame dweeb, a virgin. And terrible at everything. And well, here we have like, so I don't think Virgin really yeah. can. Hey, he should listen, be good. Listen, I don't, did you see Gary Oak driving around in a motherfucking car at 10 years old with four cheerleaders to every gym in Kanto? Yeah, yeah. it's pretty mm-hmm. baller. Yeah, look at Do you back. see fucking parades follow that guy out of every town? Gary is the true cool? hero. Did you know that those towns were way worse off? Until Gary got there, Gary fixed them, and then Ash comes by, he fixes a much smaller problem. Gary yeah. revitalizes economies. Welcome <laughs> to my podcast, Mad Money. <laughs> oh, okay, so put, uh, yeah, put Gary under Kaiju. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> well, I'm glad I could help bring change. I mean, we still haven't finished voting. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm still putting Gary under Kaiju. Okay. I guess I'll say yes for Magic School Bus and Cat Bus, but Magic School Bus is clearly more powerful than Cat Bus. Yeah, oh, cooler. definitely. Yeah, I, I agree. That's and Cat Bus didn't yeah. teach me how to read. I so. agree, too. I agree that the cat bus did not turn Luke how to read. Yeah. <laughs> I think I said turn Luke how to read. Yeah. Like you... he was turned to vampire style <laughs> reading. No, cat bus has actually been uh, defunding public schools for years. You know who has been funding public oh, schools funny. and other uh, important sectors of the whole financial district? Is it Ron Canada? No, it's Gary. <laughs> Damn it. Should we, do, should we do a Ron Canada? Yeah. Who the fuck is Ron Canada? Oh, well, I got it. I didn't prepare for anything this episode. Yeah, I was trying to smoothly lead into another game. And you All right, like, well, I pull this up. Why don't you explain the game? Uh, so Ron Canada is an actor who uh, appeared back in one of our favorite kaiju movies, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Um, he, was a, he was a concerned cop who was trying to make sure that this evil business plan didn't shoot a child. Um, and basically, we found out... Uh, Everybody he, else was like, shoot that child! <laughs> we, we found out uh, he's been in, like, over a hundred movies as, like, uh, as like a, a solid background character. He was mm-hmm. the, the one that Brandon always likes to bring up for some reason. He was the judge in Ted 2. <laughs> Dude, I fucking love that role. <laughs> okay, I actually have the exact number since I'm pulling up it on IMDb right now. He's been in 144 films. That's so many. 144. He's almost acted every day... Of a year, just like that's I, not the right number for a year. Yeah, there is 148 <laughs> days to the year, and he just I, needs four more rolls. I don't even think that's the uh, the majority of a year. <laughs> no, that's not even. That's barely one third. I just yeah, realized. <laughs> oh he my wor- goodness! He works part of the year. <laughs> This is too good. I cannot pass up this one. He was in fucking Arthur 2 on the rocks. Possibly oh. one of the worst sequels ever made of anything. Book, movie, anything existing in mankind's spectrum. Well, Liza Minnelli in it? Yeah, that's the one with Liza Minnelli. Do you know what saves that movie? What's it? Ron Canada. Ron Canada is the only good part. I haven't seen it, but I can tell you that's true already. Wait, Liza Minnelli wasn't in the first Arthur? Was she? Yeah, she's the love interest. Oh! My parents were nice enough, they didn't let me see the second arc. They they said it was so bad that I shouldn't watch it. Those are lovely. I cannot watch it, yeah. I get what's so great about the first one either. So, this is a fun one that he actually didn't have a name. He just had basically the name of his role in the film that he played. So, was Ron Kanda in Arthur 2 on the rocks? Was he A, janitor? B, cop? C, bartender? Cop. Bartender. I'll go cop. Guys, this is the craziest thing, because as always, our guest has got it right. He was the bartender in the film. Really? <laughs> not even joking. Because I actually, I decided not to be like the last episode where I was like, who was he, Trump? <laughs> yeah, you make it really obvious. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is me, a This, this <laughs> one was harder, yeah. But this is funny, because every time we've done this game, Luke and I have always gotten it wrong, and our guest has always <laughs> yeah. gotten it right. Plus, I kind of threw it there, too, because well, I mean, he usually a... plays like a cop. Yeah, so. no, that's it, why I was like, I want it right this time. The movie series is Arthur, and if I remember the premise of what that character uh, oh, plays, oh, yeah. <laughs> a bartender seems very apropos. You're right, we're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, guys, that's been... Uh, where in the heck is Ron Canada doing what now? Um, I, I thought it was where in the world is Ron Canada. <laughs> yeah, it is. I just want to say it wrong. That's being a little silly man. Okay. And you know what silly man also likes? Recommendations. <laughs> Recommendations. Uh, do you guys got any good ones? <laughs> 
Brandon, I'm so unprepared. So listen, I should. I'm gonna peel back the curtains a little bit. We're doing it during the daytime, and I'm a night owl, baby. I I feel like I'm still waking up at two when we started this. <laughs> yeah, it is earlier than we're used to. Yeah. Yeah, two at the crack of two p.m. <laughs> well, it's we had a snowstorm last night. Everybody just uh, yeah. It's been a it's been a gray day. It'd be yeah, very gray and a great day to just. Stay in well, bed. I mean, I feel like I didn't want to recommend video games because it's all I've been doing lately. Mm-hmm. I do things outside of video games, I swear to God. But I have been playing Pokemon Silver again on the on the Nintendo store that they put out like about a few months back. And I gotta say this, Nintendo Silver... <laughs> Nintendo Sol- <laughs> I'm falling apart. I cannot, <laughs> I cannot exist during the daytime, only at night, guys. But anyways, uh, Pokemon Silver, still a legit great fun game to play. Mm-hmm. Really ahead of its time. Uh, fun, good times await you. You guys have all played it by now, and if you haven't, what are you doing? Go get it. Oh, I read a great book pretty recently um, called My Year of Rest and Relaxation. Ooh, that sounds nice. And it's about a, um, a woman in the year 2000. She decides to just um, get high on painkillers to like take a year off of the world. Oh, nice. And it's really dark, and it's one of the funniest books I've read, honestly. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. It's funny you recommend that. Barbara was listening to the audiobook of that a few days ago. Really? Yeah. It's so good. I like that. Yeah. I came in when she was listening to one of the sex scenes, I'm like, what is this? And she's like, it's an audiobook. I'm like, this is filth. <laughs> Turn that off. No, and I realized it sounded like a really cool book. Yeah. Uh, I guess uh, I've, I've been playing... That- yeah, I'll recommend a video game. God damn it. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been playing Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. <laughs> it's I, a Pokemon game. <laughs> um, I, I, I recommend it with a with a caveat. It's uh, it's very fun, I guess. And it's, it's very colorful, and the music is great. Um, it's very easy. If you're if you're looking for just a... Um, real like, quick, I yeah. think you should have been saying it's very Eevee. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I, I like the I pun, but I feel I like it doesn't properly describe what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Because um, it is very easy, but it's also very easy. Um, yeah, I, I recommend it if you're not looking for something challenging and fun. If you are, just wait for the new series Pokemon game that's supposed to come out next year. Awesome. On the Switch, right? Yeah. That's wild, man. I'm uh, excited for that. I'm going to date this podcast really hard and say, I thought it was pronounced Ivy. Oh. Ivy? Ivy? Like my wife. Ivy, go get us some meatballs. <laughs> Mamma mia. That suit uh, is not Evie. <laughs> well, I'll recommend, uh, I don't know, it's probably still winter time Who from you listening to this now, so <laughs> White Fudge Oreos are out. They're pretty good. Ooh, White Fudge Oreos are very good. Yeah. I said White That's all I got. <laughs> That's all I got, yeah. Overflow, I've also Overflow. been making this Power Rangers doll look like it's taking a poop. <laughs> But I can't quite get him squatting over enough because he's just gonna. It looks like he's he'll be pooping on his ankles. That might be his thing, though. But it does if you do the karate action. It looks like he's wafting a fart away. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I wish our listeners at home could see this. (laughs) What a great visual gag! One second, we can make a gif of this. Okay, here, let's move that real quick. We do this for you, our listeners. Um, and while you're doing the wafting of the fart, too, I realized if we could recommend candy, I've been eating a lot of candy lately. <laughs> I got a bunch of clearance uh, Reese's Pieces uh, pumpkin ones a few days ago. Man, those are so good. I ate a whole bag of those almost. Well, I'm gross. Let's get it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, this is like just a life hack. 
take ginger snaps, some sharp cheddar, put a little sharp cheddar on that ginger snap. It's like a little cheesecake. Oh my goodness, that's, that's pretty fucking good. dope. Man. Something that you can sit and use like a dessert hors d'oeuvre yeah. as well. I like that a lot. We should challenge the realm of God and what he's done to our taste buds. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks he has control over us. He has dominion no longer. <laughs> um, so, I think we should get to any plugs and then uh, get on, on out here. Uh, well, I think as always, uh, I want to plug uh, Brandon Kirkman's Twitter. At Kirkman Brandon. Uh, and then I want to plug the uh, Cupcake Comedy Cabaret. It's At a- Kirkman Brandon. <laughs> It's a, it's a uh, comedy open mic and showcase that happens every Thursday at the Gallery Cabaret. And uh, we got free cupcakes. And we, it's always fun. And I'll leave the other show that I do for Brandon to plug. I would also like to plug the other show that I do with Martin, which is the third Thursday of every month at uh, Bonus Round Cafe. An excellent place you should check out if you've never been because they have free board games you can play, get some good drinks, and also good food. But uh, it's the third Thursday at 9 p.m. And it's Sliding Deer Demons, a D&D based or themed, I should say, comedy show. We've had Jonathan Chan on it playing uh, Skeletor, the cousin of Skel- the <laughs> Skeletor. The financially who, challenged cousin of Skeletor. Yeah, who, one of my favorite comedy bits has found out every comedian's weakness, which is having money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a great show. It's real fun. It's real stupid. I always recommend if you can make it out. Uh, but that's my recommendation for now. Oh, and you know what? You should follow uh, Martin's Twitter at uh, Cookie... Is it Cookie Dude? Cookie Dude Show? I don't know. Yeah, I think at CookieDudeShow.com at Twitter.org. <laughs> nice. Uh, I got nothing. I got nothing going on. <laughs> um, I do uh, Thursday, a uh, late Thursday mic now um, yeah, called Late, uh, late Night Laughs at Montrose Saloon. It starts at 11 p.m. Wow. Super late fucking mic, but... Not only do you hear comedians, you get to hear me play drums in between each comedian. Which is fantastic. It is a very weird and wild mic. Jonathan, I, I love you so dearly, but I why would you ever want to start anything past 9pm? <laughs> I didn't I have the idea. Someone asked me if I played drums, and I said yes, and I'm not funny. And they are like, you're hired. You're very funny. <laughs> I, uh, I feel like as a certified night owl after evidence of this whole podcast today... I like the idea of that. I gotta make it, so I'm gonna try to make it this Thursday. Nice. I'll see. Hey, I'll see all you listeners at home there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think that I think that's it. That's another one for the the ages. Yeah. Let's let's give them our classic sign off because you know Robot Man only has one plan. Drive car. Drive real, fast. Drive car real fast. <laughs> it's it's the long one to explain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of steps we gotta go to get there. Drive car real fast. I want to be part of something. <laughs> Thank Mitch. Oh, hi. I didn't see you there. That's because this is a podcast. Hello, this is your district manager, Hobart. And here at NPC Inc., we stand for two things. Making you a high-quality podcast called Destined Day Jobs and whatever it is this company does. Let's meet some of your fun co-workers. Hi, my name is Stuart D. Beacon, and I'm your half-elf IT person. Oh, hey. I'm Agnes Hellman, and I'm a tiefling accountant. Hello, I am Group T. Camry. I am a dwarf accountant or CFO. And it's me, Matthias Maxwell. I'm one of your salespersons, and I love anime. Here at Destin Day Jobs, we play Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition, but we've transcribed all the rules into the real world. So join us every other week for a brand new episode where four to five co-workers go on very mundane adventures so they can avoid doing work at all costs and have as much fun as they possibly can 
with their desks and day jobs. So listen in, because we make The, the Mundane Fantastical! This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. The words get stuck in my throat. <laughs> <laughs>